Welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will bring you an inspiring person to help you improve in all areas of your life. We'll be chatting with friends old and new who have incredible stories and experiences to share. We'll be listening to some of their obstacles and how they've shown resilience to overcome them. Each episode should give you value and influence and inspire you to your greatness. Welcome to Making It Happen. Uh, my name is Tom Dalton and I'm delighted to be joined um, by my next guest who's come up from all the way from Australia. Um, I'd love to welcome speaker, author, and I actually have your book here, which I'm dying to get into. Um, I'd love to welcome David Pau Tabain. Have I got the pronunciation right? Yeah, my day. Pow! Pow to me. That's more like it. There you go. Um, first of all, thanks for being here. Um, we were just talking about earlier how we connected. Yeah. Um, and I think I saw you on Facebook, on a Facebook post, and that was like, must have been four or five years ago, maybe longer. Yeah. And it's taken you all this time to come to Ireland. We've connected again, which is which is brilliant. Um, so tell it. what are you here for the weekend for? You've got a bas- massive competition coming up. Yeah, mate. So we're actually here for um for uh the world championships for kettlebell lifting. So we've got the events on Sunday. Brilliant. So just staying here, and I actually uh, brought my parents over for the first ever overseas trip. And so uh, our our in- ancestry is actually from uh, Ireland. So my parents are loving it. They're seeing all the different places and and tracing back and where you know few, uh, past generations were from and all that kind of stuff. So. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, so you haven't had. To be able to have a Guinness yet for your competition, no? No, I haven't, man. I'm not I'm not actually a big drinker, but um, yeah, not yet. But my family went to the the, uh, the Guinness fact. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the Guinness, Guinness storehouse. Yeah, the yeah, storehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went there and checked it all out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's wild yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's cool. So you mentioned kettlebells. Yep. If we go back, I suppose why I started following or connected with on social media, I remember a post you put up of you power washing one of your first, I think it was maybe your second gyms in Australia. Now you have, you're taking over the world, you're traveling, you've got a book, you're speaking all over the world. I'd love to start at the beginning and where that journey began on your farm or in a, in the shed. Well, so like that, that journey, that photo that you saw on Facebook was me power washing, um, the front of my gym. And all the kettlebells and so forth. So that was actually my second gym. The first gym, we started in a backyard garden shed with, um, and I started that with my high school teacher Mark Elliott, who was an ex-military sniper and he was a history and, and English teacher. And so we at school, this is when UFC first started coming out. We started to do mixed martial arts at school. He actually came and did the martial arts with us, MMA, and I really respected that. And then you know the years before that, he kept telling me I needed to get into weights and training and stuff, but I wasn't interested. And um, and mind you, I, I grew up idolizing Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Lee and all that sort of stuff. So when he come and tried that out, I then went and tried out uh, these things called kettlebells. And he had some of the first kettlebells in Australia. Wow. And so that shed, um, you know, when I went and trained with him, you know, we didn't have anything. It was we had uh, no electricity on that shed. We had three bits of carpet. Um, in that shed, we had five kettlebells and a deaf dog named Barney that would actually you'd return a frisbee non-stop and pee on it and try and get you to f- keep throwing it to it. So we didn't have much. But when I come and train with Mark and the way he taught me and uh, also you know, he taught me a lot of life values as well. So discipline, um, you know, being a man of your word and, and, and all these different things that he imparted onto me. Um, it really made a big impact in my life because at that point I was looking for a mentor. I needed someone in my life and I didn't have that uh, at that point um, outside of my father. Um, and so um, so we started there, but where it really took off, well, I remember two things. First for myself is I walked out of this little gym, this little shed, feeling better than I walked in. And for me, I never experienced that with training before. It felt good. And kettlebells, it's not about if you're the strongest or you have the biggest biceps, whatever. It's about your work ethic and be able to move efficiently. And uh, for me, going back a little bit more, like my family, like uh, I had to say that the, um, what makes a man in my family is your work ethic, how hard you can, you can work and also like, you know, being on a shovel, how, how much you can, uh, how do you say, like, yeah, work in that sense. So um, kettlebells really aligned with me there and... Uh, when I felt that and I felt how cool it was and all the different training styles, I knew I wanted to um, get other people involved. I was just excited. 
and um, actually got my sister involved and my sister come and trained and, and I saw her develop and, and gain her confidence and she uh, her body changed. She started to um, really come to life and, and I saw my sister really transform and become who she is now. She kind of flourished, you could say. And seeing that transformation is what got me hooked. As I, I said, you know, I don't know what I want to do in life. You know, it was year 12, I was still in high school and we were doing exams and so forth. And I just knew that feeling, that vibe is what I wanted to chase. And so Kettlebells was a vehicle for that. So that's how we started um, in, the, in the original shed and I actually become an electrician. I worked in a bar, worked in a restaurant, did all the jobs under the world, worked seven days a week to make that dream come true and uh, of actually doing that. Because at the time, my parents actually said that, um, you know, you need to get a real job. You need to get a trade and things like that. So I did that and become an electrician to make them happy. Uh, but I never stopped doing this gym. And, and it kind of from that point there, um, it blew up. And did that just snowball? Snowball, Did that effect just had people saw what you're doing, you're training people, and was this before social media or was that? This is is all before social media, man. The way way we ran it was um, you coming into this place, like we had this saying, is leave your ego at the the door and your name on the wall. And so it doesn't matter what you're wearing, shoes, no shoes, name brand clothes, no name brand clothes. Um, you know, you're overweight or underweight or whatever it is. When you come in here, it's all about improving yourself and, um, and also helping another person beside you. So um, we, we created this ethos, this kind of culture within this little shed. And um, people love that because they could just be themselves. There was no, um, no pretentiousness or anything like that. They just come in and get a great workout in, um, be supported by us. And, and that, was, um, that was how it was. And did that give you the bug to expand or was that going to be enough for you? Well, the the thing is, is that was a little tiny shed. Mm. And so we expanded the shed. We got electricity on it. Um, When I was an electrician, I went back and and installed all that. And, um, but you know, like the thing was with it is like, it was, it was still small and I was still working all these other jobs. So um, there was lots of things going on in my personal life where I had to go bigger. Like if I wanted to create a different future for myself, um, we had to go bigger. Um, you know, we could probably go into that if you like, but um, there was lots of times we were challenged where I was like, okay, we need to, like, we need to step this up. And if I want to do this as a career, um, you know, this isn't sufficient as it is, and uh, you know, this needs to be improved or just yeah. And was that because of small town? Was that a small town mindset? Was yeah, just man, a- man, super super small town. But there's lots of different factors like. You know, the town I come from is 500 people, so very small. 552, 551 wow. now that I've left. But, okay. <laughs> uh, very small town. Um, you know, the shops are closing down. There's not much going on. It was affected by drought at the time. Um, you know, so a lot of people were saying there's no opportunities and so forth. But for me in that position is, uh, how could you say, there was, um, there was no opportunities, you could say. But when there's no opportunities, you've got to create your opportunities. You know, and if it's tough times, you got to like, you got to, you got to make that and you got to be able to see that. And so that little shed was my opportunity. That was my ticket. And it was a ticket out. It was also my ticket to then also develop myself, help another person or, you know, the community around me and um, put my energy into good things rather than have it go into things that weren't serving me. So yeah, brilliant. that was um, my, that was my little vehicle yeah. at that point. And then... Where, what was next? What was the expansion after the second gym? You got a bigger premises of the photo I talked about. Yeah. So, um, so what actually happened was, um, uh, my, and like to be, to be totally honest with you, my, my dad had his second mental breakdown around that time. So I was finishing year 12. Um, he had his first one when I was three. And year 12, Dave, to give us an idea what age you'd be. Uh, 17. 17. 17. So he had his first one when I was three. Um, I actually had a, um, I had a, a, what do you call it, a, um, a birth defect in my kidney. So my urethra was too long um, from my kidney to my bladder and it, it strangled my kidney. And for the first three years of my life, it rotted out inside of me. So wow. by the time they, fixed, they found it when I was three, they actually told my parents I was riddled with cancer. And so at the time, my dad's working two jobs, my mom's working full time, taking me to the best doctors possible. That put a lot of stress on our family. And, um, and in that time, my dad developed a stomach ulcer and they treated him with different drugs that are, you know, basically, I think, um, 
yeah, put him into a position where he had a breakdown. And so, um, you know, that was early on and then and it happened again in, when I was around that age of 17, 18. And so um, when I saw that go on, um, I realized that, you know, A, I've got to step up as, you know, I'm, I'm the young son. It's time for me to step up. And my vehicle to step up was my business. And because there's, I worked for so many jobs since I was like, I lied about my age when I was like 11 or 12 to get my first job. And um, I'd done everything under the sun when it comes to work. But I just, I, that was a point where I was like, I've got to find a way to actually, um, how do you say, to, you know, to uh, provide, you know, that's, that was my primal driver is, you know, I want to be able to look after my mom. I want to look after my sisters and um, not stop them from providing for themselves. But, you know, it's time to step up. That's how I saw that. And so that's kind of like the initial things that really drove me. Um, and I was a little bit rebellious when people try to tell you that you can't do this and so forth. You know, I wasn't the uh, brightest tool in the shed when it comes to school, um, but I was probably bright enough to, to, to understand that um, I'm not going to live a life restricted by other people's thoughts and what I'm capable of. Yeah, yeah. Because that life, when I, when I fast forward the, when I fast forward the clock 50 years, if I live like that, I can predict it. Yeah. And that sucks. I think we were talking about that earlier. Um, I think a lot of people get held back by other people's opinions. Huge. And it stops people from maybe taking that chance or going for what they actually want. Huge. Um, I think there's massive on that. So second gym, you have a driving factor behind you. How did it get to the point where you started to help other gyms and then the 30-day challenge mm -hmm. and this big, let's say, massive expansion of, of your own brand? Yeah, well, um, it was quite interesting. Um, so in that first shed, you know, I had my, my first girlfriend uh, for six and a half years. And, and when I got into the next gym, she, she also helped me set up the gym and a uh, phenomenal girl. And um, what kind of happened, man, is, is I was working every single day and every single hour that's possible in four jobs, seven days a week. Now, that is a recipe to burn out. And so every single year, I'd actually get sick around um, November and it would take me out for about a month. Body was um, shut down. Everything shut down. And I yeah. still kept working through it, but I was wrecked. Yeah. And so um, it was a bit of a pattern. And so um, what, what, what I guess, um, what, what sort of happened was I started competing in kettlebells at the same time. There's a lot going on, you know, trying to manage all this sort of stuff. Um, I think my dad had another breakdown, his third. And so it kind of felt like no matter what I did, I couldn't control anything. And that's, that's true. We can't really control everything. We can only manage it. But at the time, I kept saying, you know, it's not enough. I've got to do more. I've got to do more. I've got to figure out a way. And when you get to the point where you work every single waking hour possible within the week, seven days a week, is you then, hard, working harder isn't possible. You need to work smarter. So, um I, I think where we're going, because we were talking before about there was this specific day where I'd won the American Championship and I flew straight back to not um, have days off from work. So what I did is I went straight back to work to help my boss who was going through a tough time. So off the plane and back into straight work. Straight back into it. So straight into it. You know, people talk about jet lag. What jet lag? You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. man, you know, it's a myth. Let's go. Um, you know, you just got to do what you got to do, you know, and um, went straight to work. It was raining. It was cold. And my team were trying to get this job done. And I remember um, at that time, I was, every single morning, I was actually coughing up blood because my tonsils were so in, in, in gold, inflamed. Uh, I was having antibiotics every single week. I was living, I was tonsillitis literally weekly. And my, um, you know, I was, I was, I was a mess. And, um, and I was pushing through it and pushing through it. And, and what actually happened was um, there was this day where I took a photo and that photo still sits on my desktop at home. And it's of me with my, my hoodie on outside in the rain. And I took a photo and sent it to my best mate, Brad Booth, who was a mentor of mine as well when I was a little bit younger and still to this day. And I said to him, I don't, I'm not sure how much longer I can do this. Now, I probably jinxed myself because what actually happened that afternoon is I electrocuted myself at the switchboard from the main power. And so that should have been enough to kill me. Wow. Um, but it didn't, right? And at that point there, I said, hey, this is a sign packed up all my tools i went and told my boss i said look i can't do this anymore you know this things have to change so excuse the pun that was the spark that was yeah that, that was a spark in that you know one thing or um yeah so man that then you know like i cried my boss cried it was a 
sad time. My boss is a really good guy. So he knew you know, as hard as it was for him in that sense, that business-wise, he still didn't try and stop me from doing what's right for me. You know, I really yeah. respect him from that. And, and I really believe that how we leave our job, our past jobs is really reflection on our, on our character, regardless of how bad it was. Mm. You know, it should always be, you know, just leave and, and um, you don't need to like burn your bridges yeah. in that sense. And that's rare. That's rare for a boss or... Oh, to super push rare. the employee on. Yeah, and really? I really, really appreciate him. And that was also why I never charged him an, an hour of overtime for the whole four years I worked with him because I I um, appreciated that he allowed me to have my business on the side. And, you know, not many people do that. So, man, that was the day. And the next day, I did a, a five-day business course. Um, I broke up my girlfriend. I borrowed $5,000 off my mate because I didn't have a credit card. And me and my best mate went and did a five-day business course. We slept 20 minutes, 20 minutes per night. You, you got tested on all these different things for those five days. And uh, the crazy thing was is I ended up that, that night is I ended up meeting a Swedish supermodel on the first night and um, fell in love and sort of, you know, again. And then the next seven months was this crazy journey of working for myself. Um, you know, I started to develop my gym. I did a, a, lot, of, a lot of good things that worked well. Uh, my members were amazing, um, you know, and it really started to work for me. Um, but, you know, after seven months, that that ran out. Um, you know, in fact, I, I, my girlfriend had to go back to Sweden. My business was going good, but not good enough to move and things like that. And, and I had a lot of learning to do a lot, a lot of learning. And so what actually happened after that, I come back and it was actually after I won the, my first world championship, 2012. Um, my girlfriend actually broke up for me the day after winning the world championship. And cause she knew that she had to go back. And so, um, here I am coming back home, won a world championship, but lost, lost my love. You know, I was yeah, yeah. my tail between my legs and, and I just said, okay, this, this position and I'm in this position and uh, I needed to go again, you know, I needed to do more. And do you think you used your mindset from earlier on in life to push you through that point? Yeah. Well, man, like for, for me, there was like, there, there is no other option, but to keep going. Um, that's just how I am, you know, that's, that's, I think, um, it's sort of bred into me a lot and that sort of stuff, but it's the only option, like is the only option is to move forward. Um, so you might get slowed down in life and all that kind of stuff, but you got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and, um, find a way, um, to make it happen. And so, um, you know, that sure causes it on your shirt every day. Yeah. Every day, three, six, five, man, you got to find a way. Um, and so, you know, that, then I went bigger in business again and, um, and then, uh, a little bit later, my dad had his fourth mental breakdown and, um, and my dad really inspires me on how he deals with that. And I draw a lot of inspiration from him, um, in how he's also picked himself back up and, um, and got back into things after dealing with all this sort of stuff. Well, you know, I really respect that. And so, um, you know, I went bigger again in business and created the first 24 hour, uh, CrossFit facility in Australia. Um, and I merged all together and, and did 24 hour CrossFit. Yeah, so the thing is, I just made my gym 24 hours and we're also CrossFit affiliated, wow. but I never never called ourselves a CrossFit. My gym was called Strength to Strength. Okay. Right? We were just CrossFit affiliated. Okay. Because I believe that my name, you know, if CrossFit goes up, down, sideways, I didn't want to base my future on that. So Strength to Strength was about anyone, any shape, any size, wherever you are in life, whatever stage you're at in the fitness journey, you're coming in and we're just going to get you better. You know, it's about improving on who you were today, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, that's where I created that, that, that business. And then, um, and, I, and then I wanted to create a, a, a program to help people get better results. And that become the 30-day challenge. And so and uh, what I noticed is that people need a starting date and a finish date. And they need a, a, an opportunity and a window of time period to see what they are capable of. Because if you expect people to be perfect all year round, They'll go crazy. It's unrealistic. So you gotta you gotta work in things um, in small bite-sized pieces. So with the third-day challenge, we do it three times a year: after Christmas, middle of the year, and before Christmas at the end of the year. And you do those. Um, it's kind of like training. If you're an athlete, you don't peak all year round. And so when every time you do that challenge, you actually improve your baseline of living when it comes to your food. Uh, so what you eat, what you think, and what you do. Because I'm a big believer if you eat shit, think shit, do shit all about it, don't be surprised when you start to live a shit life, 
right? And if you've got any people that are following that kind of philosophy, eat shit, think shit, do shit all about it, I guarantee you they're talking a lot of shit and they're bringing other people down. They're not the type of people you want to be. So it's all about what you eat, what you think and what you do because I'm a big believer in what you eat affects the way you think. What you eat and think affects what you do and what you eat, think and do affects who you become. And then we talk about in the program your environment and also your choices. Yeah. And so that's we put that together and and that that then um, you know how do you say it took shape the results we're getting from people who who have failed for their whole life when it comes to nutrition and training and mindset uh, we're able to uh, shift their whole mentality around it and have them live a happy life and and overcome their um, their failures you could say and this wasn't just in Australia this has grown yeah, around man. the world yeah five countries. Wow. So, um, and that's, you know, that's just a progression. You know, we'll go um, in England, it was Kerry Weber. Um, she saw the program on Bondo Rescue TV. We were doing it there. Um, and it helped. And did you envision this, Dave? Like, I'm big visual, maybe because of my dyslexia, but did you envision this or did you plan it out? Um, I definitely didn't plan it out. What happened is when you're, when you're doing what you're doing, and and like I was just open to help people. So if someone from England found me on Facebook, like it's a beautiful thing about social media. Um, sure, why we're sitting here again? Yeah, yeah, man. So like she goes, um, Kerry, Kerry, uh, Kerry, you know, Kerry Weber in England. She she found the program and that, and jumped on it and and helped her. And then she said, Hey, would you ever think about coming over? And I was like, Hell yeah! And she goes, Oh, well, man, in a small town, maybe it's not big enough. I go, Well, guess what? I grew up in a small town. I come from a small town. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so we did it. You know, we did multiple ones over there, Germany as well, um, New Zealand with Brown Butterbean, and he's doing amazing stuff, like changing a country with uh, uh, these types of philosophies. America uh, and Australia as well. So, um, I think you know, it's uh, you know, I'm very big on you know what power stands for. Man, is passion over worry. Is when you follow your passion, other people can see it. And that, that rubs off on other people and want to be a part of it. And, um, you know, I've seen what it's like to live a life of a worry and what that looks like. And that's something that I don't want. And so for me, I'm a really big believer in life that, you know, um, we can either transmit or we can transform. And I choose to transform on anything that I want to carry on or things like that. So a bit of a tangent, but that's how some of the business things started and, and, um, and grew outside of my gym. Um, and you know, I'm a really big believer that if we want to grow anything, we're going to start on the micro. A lot of people want to get macro. They forget about the micro. They forget about the members they do have. You know, all these social media world is they go, oh, I want followers and all that sort of stuff. They don't forget that the best person they should be putting on social media is their clients who are paying them. Little Betty, Betty, the 60 year old lady that you're training, don't put photos of you in a mirror showing off your abs to who knows who in another country. Put a photo talking about Betty's results she's been getting and how much she's showing up in life better because of the training and so forth. You start to really shine the light on those closest to you on your current network if you want to grow. Otherwise, uh, what will actually happen is you're, you're trying to do global marketing when you really only have a local business. Get very clear on where you should be putting your energy. Um, so a bit of a tangent there, Tom, but you know that's that's my belief in that sort of stuff. And when you when you really put everything into that, and you're prepared to turn up, even if one person shows up, that's the that's the that's the energy. If you prepared to do a million dollar job for that one person, that's the right um, mindset to have. If you expect any more to turn up, yeah, I think I think because we were talking earlier, I think customer experience is key for anything going forward. Um, when you're doing your seminars and doing your talks and you're meeting these people, how much is it maybe not to do with nutrition, but they've just been in a bad place and they're trying to Huge. maybe click or restart again? Yeah. Well, man, like how many of us, when we're not, when we have to deal with stresses in life, we end up eating our emotions. You know, that we've had a shit week, work's not working for you, people have been, you know, been assholes too, forgive me if I can yeah. not let swear on here. But, uh, if we then deal with these external things and come home and in our private personal time eat rubbish food and deal with our stresses in ways that actually kill us right, over time and, and, and wreck our bodies, um, we're letting them win in our time. 
So it's really important that we understand how to actually master our own environment. So if we have a working environment that's not serving us and we're serving sentence to it, it's a negative place and all so forth, is remembering that if that's how it is, we've got to start looking for a better place because I do believe that there is more than enough good places out there that do respect and reward good employees than there is good employees to fill those spaces. And I see so many good people out there um, get used and abused by these places and they stay there. And sometimes they stay there because they don't understand their true value. And I've seen it personally like with family members who have done and given everything to their workplaces and to be turned around and shit on and, and not rewarded and, and you know be um, the last person to, to be promoted or whatever you want to call it. So I'm very passionate in, um, in empowering people to make sure that they're, um, if they're not in the environment where they want to be right now, you start getting curious to where you will fit because you've got to make sure that environment, if you want to be truly happy, it's got to be the right energy, it's got to be the right environment and it's got to be in your element. Um, so again, another bit of a tangent there, Tom. But um, and Dave, yeah. just when you mention environment there, if anyone's listening and they're in maybe a bad situation or bad environment at the moment, what's any tips to get out of that? Yes, yeah, so first be aware of it. So remember when I was when I won that strange American Championship and I come home, I was on a massive high from winning that thing. When I come home, I got slingshotted back into a toxic environment. What that allowed me to realize is like, holy shit, it's actually not me. I'm good. I started to beat myself up and we started and I realized like it's this environment and so I knew I needed to change. So anyone out there who's listening is you might be in this environment now, but it is our choice to actually stay there. So I want everyone who's listening to this to start getting curious is what is the environment you want to do, uh, you want to be in. And um, the first thing is, um, you know, it is good training, you could say, to battle test yourself to start changing your mood in your current environment, right, if you want things to change as well, um, which we can talk a little bit Where about. Where a lot of people think their mood is from the environment or outside yes. or some in the world, yeah. Yes, but the more the people say, if you're listening right now, even if you're in a shit environment, start changing your mood because you, you uh, how do you say, if you, can, if you can develop the inner strength to bring the mood that you want to bring to your job, you are becoming greater than your environment. Anyone who's ever achieved anything in life of great levels of success and things like that, they become greater their environment. So right now, anyone listening is understand that the even more importance on this is your mood over time creates a personality. So if you're turning off to work miserable, don't be surprised when you start to develop into a miserable person. And if you know those people in your workplaces that are miserable, like, how did Tom turn out like that? Oh, man, it was bit by bit and all of a sudden he's miserable. Obviously, a bad example. You're not miserable. <laughs> but um, get very clear on that because the, mo- the, the big thing about our um, personality is our personality creates our reality. So um, that's one thing they can do right now. Start to change your mood. Understand that you can be the one that brings that energy um, to even a bad environment. And what that will also do, it'll actually make it stand out how much it is the environment. Then you'll understand that, okay, well, I am I am a good person to be around. I, I do bring good energy. I do do a good job. Start looking for other places where you know you'll be um, appreciated. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a... And you mentioned pow. Oh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Pow! Pow! Yeah, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Um, how did it lead to a children's book? How did we get here? Yeah, man. So doing that 30-day challenge, I was doing it in Ulladulla and I had a, a great uh, guy called Gary Evans who did my program. I got amazing results. I developed a really good friendship and we're going to do the 30-day challenge into a book. Now, um, I also did the program in another place called Kabulcha and I had a young guy, um, Aiden, who is an artist. And he lost 11 kilos on the program and he, wow. and he thanked me. He 11 said, man, kg. 11 kg wow. in a month. And he... Um, he thanked me. He said, man, like you've helped me get my confidence back. And he drew me a picture of Power Man. Power Man's all about empowering people. Um, empowering people like that. That was the initial thing was just empowering people, right? And so um, he drew me this picture. I put it on Facebook and I knew like with every cell in my body that something's going to come from this. And it's just a matter of time. So I put it on Facebook. I said, Power Man's coming. This is what it's about. It's empowering kids. Um, despite the challenges they face, that they are not going to be limited by their challenges. They can get through them and develop and become stronger. 
and um, and do great things in life. Because so many people get caught up in saying that their challenges, because of their challenges, they can't do great things. And I'm, I believe in the total opposite of that. So um, I put that on Facebook. Gary gave me a call. He said, Dave, what are you bloody doing? You, you've got this kid's book and you haven't even been telling me. You know, and I said, oh, well, this is what it is, Gary. And he signed me on the phone call. He said, man, we're doing it. We're going to put the team together and we've got an amazing team. Uh, Nadia Wallen, who's um, a special education teacher, uh, lives out on the farm in um, back close to where I'm from, West Wylong. Uh, Shane Ogilvie, he's an amazing uh, artist who, um, you know, illustrated it all. And we've got an amazing team uh, of sociologists, psychologists, all behind it. Uh, Dr. Lachlan Hines, an emotional intelligence expert, uh, fantastic guy. And um, Gary put the team together, and um, when we created Power Man. And now I don't want to give the team away because I want people to read this book. But what would be the message coming from this? So the whole Power Man series, the first book is called Unleash the Hero Within. And so what it is about doing is, and it touches on bullying, and and uh, we call this uh, a psychological term called smash lighting, which is penned after the adult term gaslighting. So when someone will will um, how do you say smash lighting for kids is when the bully will pick on you bit by bit but one minute they'll pretend to be your friend one minute they're your enemy and the thing is with that is they do that to manipulate you so then you end up walking around on eggshells you don't know whether you're your friend you don't know where the enemy because the thing is Tom is when you have a defined enemy you know where to keep them but when you have a friend you know where to keep them too but these people that use these manipulation tactics and they're you know more than not bullying it is bullying this is really what's going on in workplaces and schools is, is um, it confuses the kid. And then what happens is that they actually, they show up to school every day and you see these kids, they lose their spark. And so the whole Unleash Your Hero Fin is about helping kids that have gone through challenging situations and bullying and all that sort of stuff to get their spark back. And, um, and that's what the Power Man Unleash Your Hero Fin series is all about, is helping kids change the meaning and associations to the challenges they face. So they might have gone through tough situations and that, but they don't need to live a, a lesser life because of it. I think the one good thing you mentioned is you're going around with this into schools yeah, to man. spread the message. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit more about that and what you're doing on the road. Yeah, dude. So we're going to schools uh, Australia-wide uh, with the Power Man Kids book and we've got teacher notes. So this fits the school curriculum. We've got... Um, Powerman ambassadors, so creating local heroes in towns, so local gym owners and people that um, are, are passionate about the same uh, same beliefs that we are, and, and empowering and helping kids as well. Maybe they have their own story too. So we're creating that big network. Uh, we're teaming up with charities as well to um, uh, help sick kids in the hospitals uh, create their own alter ego. So Dave Powderbane is my alter ego, and it's um, and Powerman lots of stuff. Is what would you do? Um, how do you say in a in a tough situation? What would Power Man do? That we have this bit of philosophy of that, and so we we do that with um, all that, and you know, and and you know, some cool things. Tom is you know, when I was growing up, there's a story I tell when there was a, a point where I couldn't read, and I got made fun of because of it, and and I actually went home, and um and got my sister's goosebumps books out. I'm not sure if you have them here, but um I got that book out and I read it one word at a time, one line at a time until I could read it. The first book I read. I didn't understand what the story was because it was one word at a time, literally. And um, and I, I actually got addicted to reading and I totally changed my, my whole life. I then understood reading after that. And so I started to turn I can'ts into I can because um, you don't want to be a can't all your life, right? <laughs> C-A-N-T. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just to clear that up for anyone listening. <laughs> um, and so uh, we're doing great stuff, man. Like kids are reading this book and it's the first book they've ever read. Wow. Um, and the whole school is reading it. You know, and that's phenomenal stuff. I'm really proud of that. And what are you noticing, Dave, when you're going into the schools with the teachers or the kids? Is it down to belief or what challenges are you seeing when you go into the schools? It's about changing the meaning that we give to things. So in today's world, you know, some buzzwords out there, uh, you know, one particular mental health. You know, everyone's talking about mental health, mental health, mental health. It's really important that we understand the meaning we give to certain things we go through in life can dictate whether that situation can be the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. And for anyone listening and so forth, if you've ever had a, a relationship that um, hasn't worked out in the moment, you're probably like beating yourself up going, oh, you know, I'm not enough or, you know, I'm, I lost my love or whatever it is. But then years later, you look back and go, whoa, I dodged a bullet there. You know, I... um. 
You know, like that was the best thing ever. And so we're helping kids develop hindsight in the moment. So they're not carrying on to stuff that they don't need to carry on to because I'm a big believer that, you Let know. Go, move on. And yeah, move, we need to move forward. on and, and we need to thank those situations and we need to learn the lesson and move on because things, not everything is meant to be forever. And so if we get stuck holding things of the past, don't be surprised when we wake up depressed, you know, because you're so unhappy about things that happen. They happen. You can't live there. And if you live there, you get more and more depressed. And then you'll, you you try and, you know, you really beat yourself up. So that then also too can radiate into your body like in uh, uh, and it's wild, you know. So when it can either spiral you down or it can actually lift you up. And so we want kids to understand that the situations in, the circumstances they're in, where they come from, no matter how bad it is, is if you can use that as a driving force to make you do better in life and, and, and use it to drive you forward rather than hold you back, that's where you start to win. And, um, and when you get to a point where you can thank the worst things that ever happened to you for making you who you are today and you can f- full 100% for your whole heart say thank you for that, that's when you start winning in life. And that's where you really start unleashing your potential. And um, that's a very powerful moment to get to. And how's it going down? How's the response been? It's great. This Power Man's uh, number one kids book of its kind in Australia. It debuted at number nine out of every single book in Australia. Um, And that's, that's, you know. And it's going to be big publisher now. It's going to be on shelves. Yeah. So next week we go to Spain. And um, it's all in, uh, we're we're doing some really good stuff with um, a new publisher now. Um, so sadly, um, uh, Gary Evans, who, who helped put this book together and made it possible, he actually passed away of cancer. So this was the last job that he did. And so, um, uh, you know, so it's a very, it's a very meaningful book to me with how it all come about and to continue on this message and getting out there and helping kids and so forth. You know, I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm doing it for Gary, but also for the kids as well. Um, that we're helping with this and the whole team believes in that as well we've got an amazing team and there's going to be a series whole series this. of this man so yeah. we got um the next one has the main character frankie so it's a combination of my sister and cousins um it's more from a girl's angle going through these challenges which is which is um important as well so all the books can be read by boys or girls um but the next book's going to give um an insight into um some of the the bullying and so forth that can go behind go on behind the scenes um, for for a young girl developing, um, going through primary school to high school, so um, so it's all real life experience. All real life. This is a true story. Uh, my best mate was um, you know, as we talk about in Powerman, and uh, they're all situations where you know the first this in regards to bullying, there was a moment where I stood back and I didn't help out when I could have, and I and I didn't step up, and we call that the bystander effect. Is when we see things that we don't agree on happening, and we stand back and. And allow them to happen on happen. Um, so it's teaching kids as well is no matter no matter what, like if you're stuck in that situation, you don't have to do, you freeze and you don't do the right thing, whatever it is. Move on and do the right thing next time. And um, and yeah, so there's lots of cool stuff. So it's doing good, man. We're doing great stuff around schools and yeah. and uh, around the world too. We're we've got um, Spanish, Portuguese. It's getting launched in Brazil, Spain. Um, it's uh, a worldwide tour coming soon. Yeah, man. Yeah, we've got some really cool stuff, and um, yeah, I'm really and proud. Is proud this of what going. drives you now, or what's next for Dave? Well, yeah, the Powerman series is a big part. Um, I also fancy you said the word drive. We have a high school program called Drive Own Your Choice, teaching kids in the high in their grade, the finishing years of school about um, you know how important their choices are. And it's not, it's not trying to, we do it from an angle where we're not trying to scare them from making choices. If we want them to understand that life is about lots of choices. And if you make a choice that doesn't work out is learn from it and move on. Don't be, de- don't be defined and confined by it. So no matter what happens in life is the big thing that we can do in any one moment is focus on, is, is what we focus on, the meaning we give it and what we do next. So we're helping kids move through, you know, if they've been in bad situations or whatever you want to call it, is um, how do we just start making better choices from that moment? Because the moment we start making better choices is when our life can change for the better. There's massive value in all the words you're saying there. If Dave, anyone was listening 
and they're trying to get out of a rut or maybe start their own thing. You mentioned earlier you went to the business course and that maybe you're up all night and you're working hard and that maybe yep. lit your fire or kept it ignited. Yep. Is there anything you'd recommend to anyone listening that could maybe kickstart them? Yeah, well, um, Tom, I'm not sure if you can put some attachments to this podcast, yeah. but um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, phenomenal guy who's linking your emotions, your physical well-being, your mindset all together, doing some really cool stuff. So I'm going to give you some links on that. Sure, 100%. Um, and he, and he talks, he's got a great book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And there's another phenomenal um, uh, person I look up to, Marissa Peer. And what they talk about, um, both of them, what they talk about and have in common is the language we, language we use. So our, our language we use, it's kind of like our programming. So no matter what, situation you're in right now is the moment you start to become aware of your language and how you refer back to yourself is um, that's actually going to dictate whether you're actually going to get out of the situation our internal dialogue is yeah yeah conversation we're having yeah yeah internal dialogue the words we use so a lot of people get stuck in situations they don't like and then they beat themselves up they say you know i'm 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 shit i'm worthless i'm no good at this i'm no that's not helping anyone the first person you need to become friends with is yourself. And when we talk about bullying and so forth, the biggest bully you'll ever meet is actually yourself as well. That's a big picture about Power Man. And so the moment you can understand that, hey, that, that voice in your head, that ego, that your brain, you're in it for life. So let's, let's work together. So the moment you start speaking, yourself as it, speaking to yourself as if you speak to your best friend, or, um, or, you know, like I like to think about it like my future self speaking back to me. How would I speak back to myself to coach myself through it? The moment you start changing the words you speak, you start to change the, uh, you start to change your life, the way you're programmed. So, so many people try and make change out of debit. They take away from themselves. You're too fat. You're too useless. You're, you're, you're nobody and all this sort of stuff. The moment they start to make change for that situation, they're debiting from themselves. That's going to get you nowhere. And what actually happens is when you continuously make change from debiting yourself, the tough days when you really need to, uh, how to say, cash in at the bank or pull some credits out, you've got no credits because you've been working on a credit card. And you know, you're going to get nowhere. You're going to get more debt. What people need to understand is you know, life's very complex. So the moment you can start to give yourself credit for fucking getting to this point, sorry for swearing, but... The moment you start to give yourself some credit for the fact that you've gotten to this point, you have existed no matter what background you've had, what challenge you face, and you're still alive, you're still breathing, give yourself some credit for that, right? And you've got to start to start to, yeah, start to look at what are the things you have learned, what are the things that are not longer serving you, who are the people that are no longer serving you, what are the habits that are no longer serving you, and start just making little 1% changes to that. You know, maybe it is you don't uh, you don't seek advice from people that have no idea. You know, I have a big saying is there's two types of people who give advice. Those that know it, doing it and done it. Or those that don't know it, don't do it. They've never done it, never going to do it. Both will give you advice, um, but only one's qualified. And the person who doesn't know it will have more of an opinion. And so anyone out there as well is is really get clear on who you take your advice from. doesn't mean you need to kick everyone out of your life as well, but get clear on it because... Um, as I said, only one's qualified. And anyone out there listening as well in regards to this is nobody who's doing more than you will ever give you shit for having a go in life. Let that sink in. It's only the other people pulling you back, isn't it? The people that aren't doing it, aren't, don't know, whatever it is, who are too scared, too afraid to make change will pull you back. Yeah. The people who are out there having a decent effort, putting everything, their heart in the line and doing all that, they will say, well done. And so, um, you know, and, and if I could impart on one more piece of advice in regards to this, Tom, if you ever see your friend working their guts out, you know, I had this said to me a lot, and maybe you have as well, you get a lot of people to say, you're working too hard, Tom. You're working too much. You need to stop. This is stupid or whatever it is. But if you ever see a friend ever working hard, maybe there's a reason to it. So the first thing you should say is, hey, Tom, do you need a hand? Is there anything I can help you with? Lead even if you're if if someone saw you in your work, you're working so hard, you're banging your head up against the brick walls. It is stupid. You don't lead with that. Say you lose relationships. Is uh, I really believe is, you know, the person is working because they got reason for it, and if they're doing silly things or working too hard or whatever it is, 
lead with helping first before you get curious and help them before you judge them and tell them all these different things. Um, that's really important too. So, um, I asked you a question earlier when we grabbed the coffee and I probably, I set myself up, but I thought your answer was fantastic. You're doing your competition on Sunday and I asked, how many reps do you need? Yeah. And your response was, it was for time. So, or as many as it takes. And so, um, in regard, well, for anyone listening, kettlebell sport is is a, is a ten minute. Um, you do jerk with two kettlebells from shoulders to overhead. You have ten minutes. You can't put them down. So it's as many reps as you can get in ten minutes. And then you have for I do biathlon, so it's two lifts. Then you do snatch, it's ten reps. Uh, sorry, ten minutes max repetitions, one hand change. And so um, it's max reps from that too. So for me, competing was um, you know I wasn't going to competitions to lose. So I trained to win. So when people said, how many are you going to do? I'd say, well, how many is needed? You know, and that was my attitude because I trained so hard because I come from a small town. I thought everyone was 10 times better than me in every way, shape and form. So I trained hard, man. Like I did everything that it took. And so, um, you know, so obviously, you and know. you learn about yourself. Yeah, man. Like, and, and it, yeah, and that was, that was the attitude I brought to, um, to competing was uh and i've got these shirts made up on the front it says how many and on the back says as many as it takes so for anyone listening where that translates into your life if you're trying to make change a lot of people think they failed but they've tried 10 times 20 times 30 times but i like to use this example is anyone out there who's got kids when you know little johnny is learning to walk and 365 times he's fallen down at what point would you ever tell little johnny to stop trying and you wouldn't and I hope anyone out there wouldn't tell them that. And so at that point as well is is so many people after 10 times gives up on themselves. And you only need one time to work for your life totally to change. So anyone out there, so you only need one thing to work out for you, one business idea, one relationship, one change in your diet, whatever it is, one job offer. You only need one moment for that break. And so anyone else, anyone out there in regards to that, I'd like to ask you is like, how many times are you going to attempt to make change? And I hope that your answer is as many as it takes because that is what is needed. And, um, and you know, if you haven't broken through yet, maybe you're making some dumb decisions again and you need to learn. There's always a lesson in it. Yeah. And so really get back to, I call it the recipe. What's the recipe you're using to make that change and what's involved and so forth? If it's not working, change the recipe. And Dave, is there simple ways to do that? Like, is it getting a pen and a paper out or writing it down, making notes, goal setting, any tips? Well, I think if, um, if you find there's a pattern repeating of not getting the results you wanted. So a lot of people, you know, when I first started after this 30-day challenge, it was the nutrition that it felt like that it, the nutrition wasn't working. And But they're also, in today's world, Tom, we live in a world we have access to the most food than ever before in history. We have access to the best food than ever before in history. I'm not sure about you, but in Australia, we can go to the supermarket and get an avocado from Brazil every day of the week. So we have everything at our disposal. But what happens is we also have all the crappy stuff as well. So a lot of people, it's a system that's failing them. They know it, but they're not truly doing it. So you've just got to look at your routines. That's where you look at your habits. How do you do that? So a simple one, Tom, you can tell I sort of go on a bit of tangents, is a simple thing, man, is look up to people that are actually doing the work and are actually doing it. Not most followers or anything like that. Is the people that are living a happy life. They've got a great relationship. They've you know, they got a thriving business or a career and that sort of stuff and they're doing it um, for the right reasons. They're not, they're not just showboating and doing this fake life which can be a lot it can be hard to shift through it all but start to um i call it uh, a lot of people look up to famous people i like to look at the people within my current circle that have the qualities that i want to have and um and they're more realistic and they're more people that are doing it in your environment so um look up to those types of people get advice reach out and um and like us meeting right now tom reach out is um you know, we have social media and, and anyone who's out there who's truly doing it for the right reasons and passionate about it, they'll help anyone. Yeah. Whether it's a text, whether it's a call or whatever it is. So never think that there's someone out there. Never think that people won't answer your call or question. Is um, ask the question. Yeah. Well, 
this could go on for hours i'm sure um i'd love to we normally finish off the podcast with a little bit of a quick fire round okay so obviously because you're not from ireland favorite place you've traveled uh so far i love uh amsterdam okay amsterdam yeah and favorite book and movie what would you recommend the alchemist for the book um, you knew that right off the tongue. The Alchemist is a pretty cool you one. You must have read it a few times. Yeah, it is. It's a really cool one, and 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 it just talks about life journey as well. It's a really powerful it's one. By Paolo, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Paulo Cielo. Yeah. Um, my movie man is a movie that's always resonated with me. Gladiator. Gladiator. Um, you know, I always Russell Crowe. Yeah, man. Like every time before competing and so forth, and and. Um, I always watch the scenes from that, you know, when uh, there's this, the one I actually just watched today, man, was um, the scene where he says, um, where death smiles at us all. Um, Cause we all are, you know, we all have a, the same fate. And so once it's the only you think it's guaranteed, it's the only thing that's guaranteed, man. So once you start realizing that there's a lot of first world problems we get caught up on, Hey, let's forget those first world problems and start appreciating what we do have and the opportunity we do have right now. And once and you're, you're big on gratitude, man, and um, you know, and I really believe that once we do start appreciating what we do have, rather than what, focusing on what we don't have, you start to put yourself in a better position to change. So that's my movie, man, Gladiator. And a food. I was gonna say, if anyone's over your side of the world and Sydney, where's getting a good lunch or brunch or mm. recommend food wise? Food wise, I well, see some amazing hey, shots on your Instagram well, sometimes. Let let me tell you the funny one. There was this place, um, Guzman and Gomez, this Mexican place. But I tell you what, um, my girlfriend Maggie, she makes a um, these rice cakes with um, avocado and tomato and some salt. And I don't know what she does for them, uh, does it for men, but they they're my favorite That's at right. the moment. So uh, maybe they're made with lava. Who knows? Yeah, very good. And listen, where can people find you? Or how can we stay connected with you? Uh, so you can find me on maybe on Tom's Instagram if you go in there or um, obviously uh, where you're listening to this. But uh, Instagram, Dave Powell Tabain, P-O-W-T-A-B-A-I-N. Facebook as well. Um, they're the best ways to, um, to find me, dude. Awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. As I said, this could have gone on for another two hours. And uh, once again, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Mate, thanks, Tom. You're doing great things Bye here in brother. Ireland, bro. And, uh, mate, I really respect what you're doing. And, you know, I've been following you for years on social media and you're doing things for the right reasons. You're helping people. You're bringing the right energy. Um, you know, and that's what I saw and that's what I admire. And I love the fact that we can connect, um, you know, online and sort of share that sort of bond and that sort of stuff. And even though we haven't met until this point, um, you, you know and you see it. And um, so it's really cool what you're doing, man. And, and you're really leading the way in Ireland. And uh, I'm really excited for what you're doing, you know, for the kids, the, the corporate stuff, uh, you know, the talks you're doing, you did TED Talks, all that kind of stuff, dude. Like you should be proud of what you're doing and where it's all going. And um, people like you, man, are the ones that are creating uh, true change in this world, man. So keep doing it. And thanks for having me today. Cheers, brother. Appreciate Pow! it. Pow! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs>